three, Bunny. Act three. Act three. Oh, how we long for act three. Yes, Bunny, my friend. It is time for all of us here at the Pope on Film podcast to mosey into the third and final act of this alleged film podcast. And it is said third act wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our all new low fat, high in fiber and high in sodium movie of the week. And this week, we're trying to have a nice, good, mellow goddamn time because the world is ending and people are dying on the streets and the U.S. government is hiding the severity of the virus that is sending everyone into a goddamn panic. Every store you go into is like a trillion Black Fridays now. (laughs) Existence is an unmitigated nightmare. And everywhere you go, there's Christians saying it's all a hoax or assholes buying up all the goddamn toilet paper so they can sell it at outrageous prices. Everything is horrible and life is pain. So fuck it. Let's have some fun and watch some good movies before the world burns. So fuck it. We're doing the 2010 cult masterpiece. Scott Pilgrim versus the world yes and i still can't believe we haven't done this before now a, a, mo- shocked a movie specifically you made me fall in love with am i right in thinking that i mentioned it so much in the podcast that you said fuck it and went and saw it yourself um i got a download from somewhere and yep. it was existing on my flash drive, which was plugged into my Roku, that yep. only kind of had a handful of movies that yep. I would kind of go through. And Scott Pilgrim was one of them. It was like maybe 12. Yeah. And, and you know, some of them were ones we did on the show and... I forget where I wound up getting them all. They were probably almost mostly from the show. And Scott Pilgrim I might have grabbed. But, um... But, yeah. But because it was there, it was like... Like, I watched it, and I was like... Well, you know, it's... I, like... I don't... I don't... I can't say anything bad about it you know but i don't know how i really feel about it and then i watched it again and then i just started watching it now maybe i would make up a little excuse or something like that but then i just started watching it and like i love this fucking movie i just absolutely fucking love this movie now it's so great. But it was like it took me a while to warm up to. Because it's so different than everything else. You yes. Know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Funny. But well, personally, I think that one of the biggest cinematic crimes in history is the fact that this film was not a hit in theaters. This film bombed in theaters. Yes, which was a big disappointment because, you know, I had been kind of following the story leading up to it, you know, and like I'm just in Edgar Wright. 
you know, that whole like group, I kind of group them all together. Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, you know, yeah, a handful of others. Yeah. The guy who went on to Guardians of the Galaxy, you know? Yeah. Uh, where was I? <laughs> yeah. Uh, like some of them, like, like, uh, oh, and it's like Tony Collette as well. Like, like some actors, you don't realize that they're nearly as good as they are off of their first performance. And when you see their first performance, you kind of assume that that's who they are already. Yeah. Okay, so like Tony Collette there in The some, Sixth Sense. Yeah. You know, you, I, I kind of took it like, well, she was from Brooklyn, you know? Yeah. She sounds like she's from Brooklyn. So she's probably just from Brooklyn, you know? So, because of Fantastic Four, I always thought Chris Evans was an asshole. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I really like to see him in this movie as an asshole. <laughs> and then he became such a hero with Captain America, and then with Knives Out, he's back to, he's back to where he once belonged. Yeah. 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 Rolling Stone did a review of this movie that called it a game changer that will change the face of movies. But then it bombed in theaters. And, and I, I want to live in a world where this movie was such a hit that other movies copied this film. Yes. Like, yeah. like how so many movies, you know, in the late 90s were just attempts at doing another Pulp Fiction. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen a world where Scott Pilgrim was a huge hit that other movies were trying to emulate. Yes. Funny. I, I, I find it a lot of fun. It is. It's so much fun. And the cast is amazing, but we'll get to that. I wanted to do a story time first. Okay. I saw this movie in theaters for free. Really? And I wanted to talk about that. Okay. So I used to so I I I did story times at the bookstore in California in Sacramento. Uh and it was very successful doing story times there it, it, it got it, it got too successful the managers thought that they were too popular yeah and that that it was it was causing too many people to come into the store it was too much of a distraction that's how popular my story times were over there uh for a while there was a guy that was that that uh that uh tried to get a tv show for me off the ground for a while yeah that was that was odd uh, I made a deal with a popular California. Well, I'm sorry. It just should be. Yeah, it just Thank should you. be. Uh, I made a deal with a popular series of uh gyms in California. 
California Family Fitness, where I did a handful of story times for them. And in exchange, uh, my entire family got a free membership for a year. And that was great. Nice. That was really fun. And then there, uh, uh, my bookstore was right next to a movie theater, the United Artists Arden Fair 6. Okay. And the manager would occasionally bring her daughter to story time, and the daughter loved me. And so the manager of the movie theater came to me one day and said, Hey, would you be interested in, in would you be able to, to come and do a story time for my kid's school? And I was like, sure, what's in it for me? And she's like, well, I, I, I own the movie theater. Anytime you want to come and see a movie, that's fine. I'll let you in for free. Like you're an employee there. Oh. So that started. So that started. Nice. A, uh, yeah, that started a, a, a thing between the movie theater and me. Every once in a while, I would do a story time for the movie theater because their lobby was open and really big and spacious. So I would come and do a story time in their lobby. And uh, yeah. sometimes they'd, they'd come and bring free popcorn for story time. And I'd hand out popcorn in uh, coffee filters for the kids. So they'd be eating popcorn and watching story time. And that was really fun. Nice. And then I would be able to, to come in and, and see a movie whenever I wanted, which was really awesome. And one day, Natasha and I both <coughs> went to the UA Arden Fair 6 and saw Scott Pilgrim. And it just come out. It's like, shit, let's go see Scott Pilgrim for free. And we went to go see it, and it had just come out, but there were like maybe five other people in the theater, if yeah. that. And it was so sad because like we fell in love with the movie, but then also at the same time, like, damn, this movie is so good. Why aren't more people seeing this movie? Yeah. It was like the big takeaway, because this movie is amazing. Yeah. And it was like really getting a build up because i was hearing a lot about this movie and yeah. i remember hearing a lot about like i heard a lot about this movie and right around the same time i was hearing a lot about a watchman because i had a job yeah. where i could surf the net a lot you know yeah so i could check shit out and and i remember this getting like quite a build up you know i knew it was based on a comic i had no idea what the comic was and I like how they, I like how they, they go light on the comic book elements, but they're not hiding them either. It's just yeah. a matter if you want, if you want to take it seriously, what they say, or is it just a, a quirk of their dialect and and how teenagers use words. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. when Fiona Flower, Ramona Flowers says something like, it's not weird. I take a super silent highway that only I know about. Is she being off the cuff cute? Or does yeah. she actually have a supersonic highway <laughs> that she that she takes, which is why she can deliver packages for Amazon on roller skates, <laughs> you know? 
And then she's like, oh, I forget that you guys, that you don't do that in Canada. Yeah. Like, it's no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but yes, you mentioned it. It's important to note that this is based on a series of graphic novels, and that makes this, without a doubt, one of the most faithful comic book adaptations of all time. Really? Okay. Yeah. So when you're talking about, like, uh, comic book movies, this one should always be, like, near the top of your list, you know? Yeah. And the cast is amazing. It's got Captain America. Uh-huh. It's got Captain Marvel. Yes. It's got Superman. Uh, Ramona Flowers is now DC Comics Huntress in the surprisingly good film Birds of Prey. I don't, Superman's I don't know. in it. You've got a Superman in there. I don't know if I want to see her not being Ramona Flowers, though. <laughs> She is really good in Birds of Prey. She was one of the the main reasons why I went to go see the film is just because like holy shit, Ramona Flowers with a crossbow kicking people's ass. Like I'm I'm down with that. Yeah. You know? I've already seen her in a bunch of stuff with my AMC Theaters A list. I'm still upset that she was the love interest in Will Smith's Gemini Man. Oh. Uh, like really? Oh, uh, you know. Really? You always you always got that movie in the past, you know? So are you going to take it yeah. like Johnny Depp or are you going to take it like Kevin Bacon? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, who else is in this movie? There's Anna Kendrick, uh, Aubrey Plaza from Parks and Rec, Jason Schwartzman from Every Day of Wes Anderson's Life. Were these were these people like were they already somebody? I mean, I know Michael Sarah. Okay. I mean Were they somebody first or have they become somebody? They they were they were the beginnings of somebody. Okay. But they weren't like full blown somebody's yet. Celebrity pupae. Yeah. Okay. The sailor of man. Of all the people in this movie, and <laughs> of all the people in this movie, and there's a ton of people in this movie, and they all do a really great job. Uh, Jason Schwartzman is really great as a bad guy, but my favorite that has a place close to my heart is Macaulay Culkin's younger brother, Kieran Culkin, who is. Fucking amazing as Wallace Wells. Guess who's drunk? Is that Wallace? Yeah, that that's, was that's Macaulay's younger brother. Kieran. Like, like I, I, I kind of just I saw it in the credits and I really never made the connection. Yeah, but that is Macaulay Culkin because this is the year Kieran. fucking two thousand. <laughs> yeah. He does such a great job. He is amazing as Wallace Wells. I was so happy during award season, during like Emmys and Golden yeah. Globes and all that, to see him winning all of these awards as a cast member of the HBO series Secession. Like you see the entire cast of Secession go up to accept the award for best drama. And I'm like, Secession, I have no idea what show this is. 
I haven't seen a single episode. I don't know any of these people. Holy shit, Wallace Wells is up there. I know. I, I, well, well, I haven't seen that, but I've been seeing him in things. Yeah. And, I, right now, and it might just a, be previews. Yeah, he, he's almost more of a thing than Macaulay Culkin. Yeah? Yeah. So, well, like, good, good for, for good him. Good for you, Wallace. I, I yeah. like Wallace. I'm more than willing to root for Wallace. But I'm sorry, like like we spoke the other week, uh, I'm, I'm dead on f- rooting for Macaulay Culkin in, in American Horror Story. American Horror Story? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, also, this kid didn't also, do anything. He was yeah. just a fucking kid. Uh, and he's kind of paid Kim. his whole life for that. Yeah. Kim Pines, the drummer for Sex Bob-omb. Uh She is also an American horror story. She was in the... She oh, was, she's got uh, the fucking uh, face for it. I, I hate to say it. Yeah, she she was uh, one of the stars of the Donald Trump season of American Horror Story. So it was one so of it, those. It, it, they, there's there's a season that's based on the uh, election of Donald Trump. It's one of the last seasons to come out. Like not the last season, but the season before that. That's when I stopped watching American Horror Story because it's like I already live this. Yeah, I I kind of you know, got off the boat with the circus, which I which surprised oh. like even myself. Yeah, and, and that's so sad because that was my one of my favorite seasons because I I I love the movie Freaks so much. Yeah, but they just weren't holding me. The story itself was like, <sighs> I I I don't know. I I, I just found it very boring and kind of played it's like it's like you're really reaching to shock now you know yeah that season felt that season felt more like a mini series than an anthology horror yeah show it felt more like oh here's a drama about freaks yeah you know not that much fear in there and I and I wound up I I wound up just losing interest. I I just kind of lost interest in the clown murderer who looked yeah. great. I could have done without yeah. the backstory because he was just kind of a douche, you know. Yeah. And it's like yeah. it took the fun out of him as a character. Yeah, but that's the good thing about American Horror Story. If you don't like a season, then just plow through it. There's another one coming. You might like that one. You might hate that one. Like, <laughs> like that, I can get behind. Yeah. You know? That every season is just kind of, is completely different. And, you know, it's like the weather in Oklahoma. If you don't like it, just wait a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I also want to point out that Roxy Richter the woman who was Ramona Flowers' sexy phase. Yeah. She was great in Arrested Development. She was also on the TV show Parenthood, which was on for like a ridiculous amount of time. Okay. She was. She is also one of the three stars on the TV show uh, Good Girls, which is somehow still on TV and is apparently still popular. Amber watches it. And 
She has been the sole voice of Disney's Tinkerbell since the 2008 film Tinkerbell started the Disney Fairy series. Really? Yeah, so Roxy Richter is Tinkerbell. Which one's I Roxy Richter fact. again? The girl X. The I girl X, your okay. Seven evil X. I have to fight your seven evil ex-boyfriends? Seven Axis. evil exes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can fight your seven evil ex-boyfriends. Seven evil exes. <laughs> She's always there to correct him because there was one girl because, Rock, because Ramona had a sexy face. Yeah. Funny. Yes. Uh, Brian Lee O'Kelly is his name. He is a Canadian cartoonist and a part-time musician. He would have to. Okay. He started uh, work for Oni Press, O-N-I Press, in 2007. O-N-I Press is an indie comic book company notable for making comics with Kevin Smith. They also do Invaders in the comic book and uh, a whole series of Rick and Morty comic books. Uh-huh. Uh, the ABC TV series Stumptown. It's a new series starring uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe's Maria Hill. That's apparently based on an Oni Press comic book. I didn't know that. Oh. I saw, I saw the previews for Stumptown, and I'm like, oh, that looks pretty good. But now that I know that it's based on a, a comic book series, like, damn, maybe I'll check that out. I always liked... Uh, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Maria Hill, you know? Yeah. So, Brian Lee O'Malley did one graphic novel called Lost at Sea uh, about uh, these people, these uh, young uh, people on a road trip, and this one girl on the road trip thinks that her soul might have been stolen by a cat. <coughs> I bought it for, I bought it for Emerald, and it's cute. It, and uh, Lost at Sea sold okay, but it wasn't like a huge hit. Then, yeah. boom, from 2004 to 2010, Brian Lee O'Malley released uh, Scott Pilgrim as a series of big, fat graphic novels that were so unique and original that after just the first volume was <coughs> released, Hollywood <coughs> came to him to buy the movie rights. Really? Yeah. So they were making the movie as he was still writing the comic books. Okay. And, and, event, and eventually it got to the point where the studio was like, how are you going to have this end? And Brian said, well, I'm going to end it with Ramona and Scott Pilgrim being together. And the studio said, no, we don't like that ending. In our Scott Pilgrim is going to end up with knives, and they they filmed it, and that was the ending, and they released it. Uh, they 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 did a previews for it, and people hated, yeah. absolutely hated that at the end of this movie, Scott Pilgrim ends up with a seventeen year old high school student. So at the last second, they did reshoots and completely redid the ending. So at the last second, it was changed to uh, vaguely match the comic book. But the comic book has a very different ending with more uh, uh, like 
loose ends tied up and all that sort of thing. But the, yeah. the graphic novel's really good. Uh, director Edgar Wright, who also did Baby Driver, he cited as his influence of all the movies that, that uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world could be influenced by. He said that his biggest influence for this film, pause for effect, okay. was the 1968 film Diabolique, which was the last Mike episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Really? Yeah. This weird uh, Italian spy movie that was based on an old Italian comic book was uh, uh, Edgar Wright's basis for Scott Pilgrim versus the world. That like, hey, this is based on a comic book, but we don't need for it to look realistic. Yeah. Let's just go over the top and it doesn't matter. That sort of a thing. I huh. love this movie. I love the soundtrack. Uh, Beck, the musician Beck, wrote all of the music for Sex Bob-omb. And if really? You buy, yeah, if you buy the deluxe edition of the soundtrack, it actually features both the Sex Bob-omb versions of the songs and the original demos that Beck wrote. For Sex bob Yeah. So it's really neat to hear, like, Beck sing all of the Sex bob songs on here, which is cool. Uh, Sex bob uh, a bob is the name of the bombs in the Super Mario Brothers game. Oh! All of the little bomb characters that walk up to you and then light themselves and explode, that's a bob So they're called Sex bob Okay, also, I didn't know at, that. Yeah, uh, also Clash at Demon Head is an old school uh, NES game from back when I was a kid. Is that what that is? Yeah. Originally for the dream sequence in which um, Ramona Flowers delivers the package to Scott Pilgrim, they wanted the Legend of Zelda music to be playing in the hallway. But Nintendo refused. They outright refused to allow them to use the Legend of Zelda music. So Edgar Wright wrote an impassioned letter to Nintendo and, and to the composers of the Legend of Zelda music and explained to them about how important the, the, their music is to society and to culture. And that, you know, classic Beethoven songs like do 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 that in the future, the classic music that they will be uh, listening to will be Nintendo music. And he wrote this beautiful letter. And eventually they said, okay, fine, you can fucking use the Zelda. But don't <laughs> use the original music. You can't use the original. So they had an entire chorus and an entire symphony cover the Zelda music. And that's what plays during that scene where he's walking through the hallways of the high school and all that. Yeah. But like the right from the opening, right from the opening music, okay, before before they do anything else, where they do the universal theme song, yes, in eight bit MIDI format. Like yeah, I remember like used to play in games making that kind of sound. Yeah, you know, just like really tinny. Yeah. Fun fact, the narrator throughout this entire movie 
who also does the voice of the uh, the Kung Fu video game that Knives and Scott Pilgrim play. Yeah, that is Bill Hader. That is SNL's Bill Hader, and he did it for free. He's not even in the credits. Where is he? Who? What? What? Come uh, back! Bill I missed Hader. this. Yeah, uh, Bill Hader. He was Stefan on SNL. Oh no, He's I know who Bill Hader TV. is. Yeah. Where was he? He in was Scott the Pil- narrator. He was the narrator in this movie. Once upon a time. Oh, okay. Toronto, Canada. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim was dating a high schooler. He also appears once or twice more. He was like a, like a, Scott Pilgrim's breakup it happened exactly 1,324 days, you know? Yeah, uh-huh. Scott's last haircut was exactly 1,300, yeah. So he's also the the voice that you hear when they play the uh, the video game in the arcade. Uh, final round. Oh, okay. Continue. Ten, nine, eight. Yeah, that was Bill Hader, and he did it for free because Bill Hader is awesome. <laughs> I, 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 I got a lot of facts for this movie. And this is uh, another so, movie. And this is another movie with a lot of not particularly likable characters. Yeah. You know, Scott Pilgrim's a douchebag. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim is a douchebag, and Ramona yeah. Flowers just has just this snooty attitude about her. Yeah, which plays anyway, and I'll be fucked if I know why anybody, anybody is friends with Wallace. Oh, I love Wallace though. I love Wallace too. I love love him i'm not telling him anything yeah that, doesn't change. yeah that doesn't change the fact that he's a douchebag yeah yeah so the comic book was so popular that the comic book inspired two soundtrack a movie two soundtracks a uh, a series of animated shorts that played on adult swim a long time ago uh a card game, okay. a board game, and a video game that was supposed to... It, 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 apparently, it was an amazing game, and they used uh, actual music from an actual band, and it's all 8-bit, and, and you power up Scott Pilgrim, and there's a number of different levels, and it's supposed to be an absolute amazing video game. But sadly... It was pulled from the Xbox and PlayStation stores and is no longer a game that it, that you can uh, download. Apparently, because of copyright reasons, uh, because if if you make a uh, video game based on Scott Pilgrim, you got to get the rights from the creator. You got to get the rights from the uh, the comic book publisher, Only yeah. Press. You have to get the rights to to the music from the actual band because you used music from an actual band and the band okayed it. But then you got to get the okay for that music from the band and from the studio of the band and from mm-hmm. the band's manager. And then probably you need to get rights from Universal as well because they uh, made the movie. And that's a bunch of people. And somewhere in that massive list, uh, one or more people said, no, you can't use this anymore. 
And so the game isn't available anymore. And I was never able to get it because by the time we got a PlayStation, the game had already been pulled. And I'm really pissed off because this game looks amazing. Yeah. And I'm still upset that this isn't a game. I can download it because it is like a, a game that has been pirated or whatever. So I could download it. But the downloads are only comparable for Xbox machines. Okay. And it's like, damn it. No, I don't have a fucking Xbox. And I'm not going to buy an Xbox just so I can pirate it and play one Scott Pilgrim game. So I'm just pissed. <laughs> I'm just pissed. Yeah. That the Scott Pilgrim game basically doesn't exist anymore. And that, that sucks. It's sad that because of copyrights that there are video games out there that can just sort of disappear, you know? Yeah. Because uh, these games are art, and yet there are games that 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 just don't exist anymore. And that's, I don't know, they, there's something really sad about that, you know? Yeah, I also think that, that copyright law is just too tight, Fuck. you know? So that, like, you can get away with you can get away with using something if you're using it for parody or commentary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which anything I use, I tend to keep that in mind. You know. Um. But it's like anything. If one, if somebody wants to do a slap lawsuit, there's fertile ground for it, and so, so you can possibly be well within your rights of using something, but you're going to get sued anyway, and you're not going to be able to fight fight against their lawyers. You know. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I th I think some things should otherwise loosen up, like. It seems to me like with f photographs, you know, or, you know, just 2D images, it seems yeah. like you, under copyright, as long as you're making changes to that original artwork, you can go ahead and do that. Because that somehow that gets considered you're creating a new piece of art. Which I, or at least I that's kind how of it's like. supposed to be. Yeah. And, and I wish it was applied more across the board. Yeah. You know. It's kind of. Yeah. Co copyright law is all sorts of fucked up. And a large part of that is, you know, thanks, Disney. <laughs> thanks for completely fucking this up for all yeah. of us. For generations yeah awesome. mostly disney but dc's yeah. been re reaping the rewards of it too yeah superman should yeah, be out too. yeah so that's all i've got for scott pilgrim this week it's a great movie and it's wonderful and it's sad that it wasn't more of a hit bunny yes uh, i mentioned this i mentioned this to you off of the podcast but i'm gonna mention it on the show originally i was we were going to take a week off and then resume the podcast whatever the next week was because the idea was number one i won't want to record the podcast 
because the next day that we will be recording will be my actual birthday. Number yeah. one. And number two, I won't have time to write because we will be doing so many awesome things the week leading up to my birthday. It's going to be so much fun. And so now that we're all just sort of stuck here at home, I realize that I need to write the podcast. Otherwise, I'll go insane. So okay. next week, we're continuing the sort of idea of let's just try and be happy. and Let's try to keep movie. it festive, too. It's your yeah. birthday. Let that, I, if we could score some noisemakers, i got to mention something to Jeannie if she just sees anything like that in her outings. Is so, something to make it festive. Yeah. So next week, to to keep things fun, we will be doing the Wes Anderson film, The Darjeeling Limited, which is on the cough cough. And it's okay. a movie that I love very much. But that also I haven't seen in a while. It has been a while since... Hey, I, I might not like it anymore. It's been a while. I I haven't, I don't know when the last time was I saw a Wes Anderson film, but it used to be that Wes Anderson movies were sort of like a comfort film, but you know, I don't even think I saw Isle of Dogs. I am not sure I, if I I've I ever even, actually I, seen a Wes Anderson movie. He yeah. didn't do, he didn't do yeah, okay, Magnolia, so right? Well, no, what? no, no. I've seen The Life Aquatic. He did that, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, right? he did that. He uh, but he didn't do what's oh, out of my head already. Magnolia. What, what, Magnolia. What? That's what I was trying to think of. He didn't do Magnolia, Magnolia no, right? He didn't, yeah. No, he didn't do that one. That's Paul no. Thomas Anderson or some shit like that. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, so next week we're doing the Darjeeling Limited, and it's, it's going to be fun. And so check that out. It'll also be my birthday. So next week will be fun. But now that I'm looking back at this week, the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, the tears and the laughter. Yes. I got I got to say, I don't mean to toot my own horn or anything, but uh, uh, beep, beep. I think this has been a pretty good episode. I I I gotta go damn good. I gotta go damn good. I I think we. Okay. I think it was also a very cathartic yeah, episode. Very much so. I think it's an episode that we just needed to have and blow yeah. off steam. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'm going to be listening to editing and find it very disjointed. You know, as oh probably yeah, that, especially since I'm high too. You know, but. Yeah. But I think yeah. it was it was a very needed episode, and we need these cathartic breaks. Yeah, yeah. But so I I'm agree. Going... I think I also think. Yeah, I also think that this was a damn good episode. I just didn't yeah. want to, you know that that you you decide that on your own, and so I didn't want to step on your toes. But but any I concur is what I'm trying to say. I concur, good sir, with your assessment. <laughs> so until next week I am Bunny Williams and I am Reverend Steve and on behalf of Natasha and Amber and Maxwell and Eleanor and everybody else in the house I just want to say thanks for listening and we will see you next week you godless heathens and you
Jellical cats. And you jellical cats. Nice, Maxwell. Ten mm. points for Griffin Pop. Gotcha. Do 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 cut and print. Cut and print.